Beyond the, he- Beyond the Headlines. This is World Insight. Hello and welcome to World Insight. I'm Jian Wei. China and Armenia are traditionally friendly partners. Diplomatic ties started in 1992 with sound and steady development through the years. China is Armenia's second largest trade partner. In the first nine months of 2023, the trade volume topped $1.5 billion, exceeding last year's 30%. So on the future of the cooperation between the two countries and peace and development of the region and beyond, I had an exclusive interview with the Armenian president on the sideline of the World Economic Forum in Davos. And here is our conversation. Mr. President, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for this chance. I really wonder about peace. How have you been discussing with your colleagues and counterparts on the sideline of uh, WEF this year? It's a, you know, the question is very important for, I think not only for Armenia and Fontic. I think it's a um, question that if now it's very important for all of the people around the world because you're looking at the situation in Ukraine, looking at the situation in uh, Palestinian and and situation in uh, Armenia and border and some of other places. Should, uh, if without peace we can't do it, something. We're talking about uh, new technology, we're talking about climate problems, we're talking about everybody's, everything's. But without peace we can't do nothing. Because we, Armenia and uh, people of Armenia, citizens of Armenia, well know what is the price of the peace and all of the representatives, all of responsibilities, mm-hmm. I mean leaders of the countries, must do everything for the peace. It is, I think, for me it's main important. I listen to many interesting uh, things about new challenges for the humanity, I mean artificial intelligence or something else. I listen to many things about uh, climate problems, climate, I was in a COP 28, 27, but uh, when I listen these discussions, I mean, I listen to this officials uh, announces, but main problem is peace. And it's a reason when I'm talking with my colleagues, I told them that really we must do everything for the peace, not only for, I told not only about my country, but around the world, because really, uh, we need peace and looking when I looking at the uh, defense budget of many countries we spent trillion more dollars for the military for the weapons for the something else and uh, every economist knows that uh, it is not uh, the best way to spend the money yes yes, yes. it is not it's a very bad ways to spend the money indeed yes but we can spend this money for climate change, for the uh, poverty or something else. That's a very critical discussion, Mr. President. So what you're trying to say, it seems to me, is that peace is both the foundation and the results of all the efforts that we are making today. Yes. During the peace, for example, for Armenia, it's worth the question what what we shall do. I mean, government, it's others. Well, for example, we're thinking about democratic reforms, we're thinking about our social security system, health security, something else. But during the war, just we're talking about defense, about the security of our guarantees of our countries or something else. I think it's a result of historical, maybe, Maybe it's a result of our political view about the future of our region. It's a result of the 
the first uh, personally for the small countries it's a result of the position of the uh, other players other players mm. i mean uh, reg regional leaders regional players or uh, global players Mr. President, you see a huge discussion in Davos about a balance to be kept, so-called security and development. With a fractured world, as you said earlier, the pendulum is swinging in many parts of the world to the so-called security. And yet we all know without the other side, which is development, security is impossible. So how do you see a articulative balance to be kept especially now in a fractured world, for a country like Armenia, which is not the largest in the world in terms of population and geography. So how country like yours are trying to keep your balance? Without security, it's impossible thinking about development, but without development, it's very difficult. Uh, guarantee security. Guarantee security. But it's really, for example, for us, it's understandable now uh, the development is very important for us. But with the last three years, our economy has increased a huge percent. It's very strange for many countries. For example, uh, in 2020, 2020, yes, it was about GDP increasing 12 and 6 percent. Congratulations. Last year, it was about 9 percent, and inflation is 2 percent. It's very surprised for all of many countries. Yes, looking. And without you must have done something right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a result of reforms, what we did during the last six years. Mm -hmm. And understandable, it's a main problem is uh, fighting with corruptions. Mm -hmm. And without, uh, with corruptions, it's impossible something doing and uh, thinking about development. It's uh, one of the main uh, points, what uh, our uh, development results. And this, uh, we understand, and we, without development, we can't do something for about uh, security. But we spend a lot of money for security, for support, for protecting our borders, or some, our uh, people. And uh, it means that uh, if you ask me a question, what is important? development or security. I will ask you that it too, it's both and they're it's connected. It's so intertwined. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And without security, we can't. For example, for Armenia, it's now main problem is peace and stability. Because you have a lot of program, a lot of ideas for yeah. development of Armenia, but without stability, without peace, nobody wants to invest it in Armenia. Another thing I want to ask for your uh, leadership vision is about a trend we are seeing these days, particularly over the past, let's just say, five to eight years. How do you see that the domestic agenda vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the global partnership? Sometimes people too, put too much on the former and have little energy left anymore for the latter. So, Mr. President, you are, I can tell from your early articulation, you are a very philosophical person. Tell me more about this area. Why it's uh, beginning from COVID? Because it's very strange uh, for not only it's sure a health, it's, it's health it's problem, it's something else, but in the position of economies, in the position of economy, it was strange because, you know, the first time, I'm not meaning that during the war time or something else, all of the government closed these countries. It's impossible, and if somebody won't tell you, tell you that 
it will possible it will be a situation that the, the countries decided closest countries and decided uh, continue leave himself without expert imports without international attention. it was surprised and something uh, thinking that we are crazy economists or crazy people but really we live this situation during year and more and the change it is mean that our mind is changing about the future of the uh, development of economy. For me personally, it was very interesting. What is the reason? Because, uh, for example, for Armenia during uh, for Armenia during this COVID time, when we this we have a two way: help people pay money. It is used USA and European Union, and the second way uh, created some of uh, new programs for the health businessmen or something, uh, for the created new jobs or something else. We decided going by the second way. Mm -hmm. And it's helped us after the COVID very quickly during short time, uh, doing everything for the uh, uh, development of economy. It's a result that with, in 2021st, it was a very bad situation. But in 2020, I've been mean, asked to 20, oh, not in 2021, it was the, about 6% of increase. But during the COVID, we decreased about, I don't know, about 10% or 12%. I forget about it. It means that the way why we uh, work, we decided go by the way, by the help, not paying the money for people that send uh, invested money for industrial for the created new job it's correct it's a problem it's from USA now it's problem it's for uh, Europe it's yes. until now continued yes. it's a main problem from coming there looking the debt problem for them because yes. they pay it a lot of money for without uh, working economy it's mean that created new debt and it's crazy and I think too. yes in inflation too but now it's uh, our domestic problem for for Armenia. It's uh, institutional reforms for you, because uh, after the collapse of Soviet Union, we, by the help of many international organizations, mainly for World Bank and IMF, uh, we change all of this style of our economy. But now we for one of the problem of the for domestic is uh, continue our reforms institutional reforms, reforms, health reforms, and something else, and created as a new atmosphere for the investments. Mm. Because we needed a lot of investments, yes. and we need a uh, lot of businesses, open the businesses, but uh, now Armenia is one of the uh, most famous country for IT sectors. I don't know. Investment about what? I, I mean, I mean uh, uh, mainly we decided uh, high technologies. We took it about it because our strategy became one of the high technologies countries around the world, not only for the us, for the region, but around the world. Because we thinking that Armenia can became it because we have a main resources for us is people, educated people. It's a reason that we invested a lot for educations and health system. China and Armenia uh, have been uh, having uh, good uh, interactions over the years throughout history and also today. So how do you see the potential and the synergy there? Even though we are in a fractured world, yet there are a lot of things that can be done. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, really from the beginning uh, independence time, we have a very 
excellent relations and good relations with China. I personally work with Chinese officials in that in 90s and until now. Uh, Were you? In that time, I was the mayor of the Yerevan in 90s. Oh, yes, it was. Yes, uh, and I have a close relations with the embassy of China and the people officials who visited us. I don't know what's the reason. I've never been in China. Maybe uh, I will use my position and will visit to China because <laughs> really I think not only for me personally but for all of the people around the world it's very interesting to be China and understand their philosophy, your mentality and looking at your developments because I personally was very interested by the after the reforms uh, then show up in time it was for example during my lecture I uh, presented the, pre uh, the Chinese example for example what China can do during uh, 20 years change all of the style of and uh, face of his country and uh, now I know that we have a huge potential for using our relations because politically we haven't any problem and sometimes I can ask you that a lot of Chinese businessmen invested and, and the government invested in Armenia too. And uh, we have some ideas, strategic ideas for about investments. It may be it, it in infrastructures investments program and we're thinking about uh, high technologies. Mm, what kind of high technologies? Digital, we're just thinking about digital because uh, we need some technology. Uh, because uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a deleted software and hardware, yes. We needed some of investment in hardware sectors. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking about, uh, we have a consultation and uh, discussions with our Chinese uh, friends. And I hope uh, from several years, or this year from beginning, uh, result will be good. And in the next time when we meet, I will ask you that uh, really Chinese investments uh, price of about four hundred million dollars or one billion dollars <laughs> yeah. oh, after open the borders. Yeah. After this Looking idea forward. of uh, peace crossroad, is we will work really it is possible. For example, in a lot of uh, bring investment in Armenia yeah. into this region. So, Mr. President, I see your point. You are saying you, your country, has to do your own things well in order to attract all these uh, possibilities and partnership? Yes, we are already doing. We are really beyond this. We know, we're beginning our talk with peace and we finish with peace. We know the price of peace. And now we are already doing for the peace. It is our main uh, strategy and main idea. Mm -hmm. And we are doing for the must doing and will doing for the peace everything. That's my latest interview with Armenian president. And thank you for that exclusive opportunity. Coming up, a business outlook in 2024 with results from a PricewaterhouseCoopers survey of global CEOs. What do PwC survey results tell us? Details from PwC Asia Pacific and China Chair Raymond Chow. Welcome back. This is World Insight. I'm Tian Wei. Changes in communications between business community and political leaders were hard to miss last year. To figure out the reason and the how-tos for the future, PricewaterhouseCoopers did a survey on global CEOs. On the survey results and more during Davos 2024, I talked to PricewaterhouseCoopers Asia-Pacific and China Chair Raymond Chow. How do you see China's transformation, high-quality growth, combined with all these opportunities and challenges worldwide? Um, 
Great question. In terms of, obviously, China is going through transition into driving quality growth from where it was before. And organizations are going through the same thing in terms of um, transforming uh, their businesses to take on the opportunities of what quality growth is. So as part of that transformation, obviously what we've seen over the last little while and more recently, two major factors that's going to define, um, that's going to it's actually creating a lot of challenges for everybody, whether it's organizations, whether it's countries, whether it's yeah. individuals. And all businesses need to continue to reinvent themselves, what we call, or go through that transformation. First of all, obviously, is generative AI, technology. And then secondly, climate change. Climate change has big impact on organizations and oftentimes is overlooked. And people look at climate change as, oh, it's a government thing, it's a country thing. No, it's a country thing, it's a government thing, it's a business thing, it's an individual thing. And businesses better embed climate change agenda into their business model. Yeah. And that's part of the business model reinvention that organizations need to go through. So China, of course, are looking at these two fronts, right? But the question is, how would these moving factors reshape China's way of doing things, now trying to seek high-quality growth? What have you observed so far, some of the grassroots you know, uh, transformation that are taking place right now? Let me just give you a couple of quick examples. Sure. Let's talk about energy transformation, for example, in relation to climate change. In 2022, and we don't have 2023 figures yet, though they will come out and that number will be even bigger. 2022, the world spent 1.1 trillion US dollars on energy transition. And guess how much of that was contributed by our country, by China? 48%. China is the biggest contributor to energy transformation in order to make this a better world. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. Think about the 1.4 billion consumers exactly. that all want a car, right? Yeah. And then obviously electric cars. We exported 5 million you know, just, just, just last year. Right. Yeah, yeah, electric cars. And we are by far the biggest investments or uh, in terms of solar, solar panels. You know, for the world. Right. So we're contributing a lot in this agenda. But there's a lot to be done as well because you know we're still relying heavily on fossil fuel and they're still going through transformation. Actually the world, the world is still very much reliant on fossil fuel today. 80% of the world's energy is still produced from fossil fuel. Well, of course, even about electric cars, I'm just trying to give some examples and different aspects. You see so-called investigation against the, the batteries uh, that is uh, uh, decided by the European side. That's just one of those examples of some nuance related to uh, China's uh, eagerness uh, to have a high-quality uh, development. So how do you see these nuances likely to work with China's determination? Uh, the uh, uh, basic logic of transformation taking place in the country. I think, we, unfortunately, I think we should expect that nuances will continue. But what's important is for us 
just, you know, for people like you and I and others, that we need to continue to talk and tell the world what China is about. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about China for them to better appreciate China's opportunities and what China is all about. Oftentimes, what we see in the Western world is there's a complete misunderstanding, and it's been misrepresentation, and they received inappropriate or sorry, inappropriate, incorrect information. And actually, I was at a meeting uh, with a you know a lot of different people, and they were so glad to see me because they want to better understand China, and it is important that we continue to um, support our country and make sure that we present. A proper picture,、mm. but many people ask: Is China still gonna welcome me? So when I go into China, will there be surveillance against me?、Uh, do I need to change my phone when I go to China, just in case?、Uh, or whether when I leave in the hotel, anybody gonna jump into my room? <laughs> you know, these are the、uh, no, questions they ask their lawyers, and the lawyers say maybe. So maybe you better not go. Just to be safe, so these are a lot of circulation of informations like this, that, which is completely wrong. <laughs> And in fact, I had a, that particular question from people,、yeah. and I said it's just totally wrong. China is opening up. China is will continue to open up. That's very clear. And in fact, just recently, for certain countries. You don't even need a visa to go to China. That's just a demonstration: the fact that we are continuing to open up. We welcome Germany, France,、yeah. uh, today,、exactly. Switzerland, right?、Exactly. As well. So, but there, is, there are, you know, people out there who don't want us or don't want to un- truly understand what China is all about, and we need to change that.、Mm-hmm. And. You know, people like you and I should speak more at these events about you know all the opportunities in But China. But people will say, "Oh, you're doing propaganda for China." Well, I'm not. I'm just a business person, right? I don't like, and 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 I'm there every day. And actually, the business community want to talk to me because they believe that they will hear the true story from me. Yeah, really. Because they can't get it from. What they read every day, they know it's going to be negative anyway. When I come to Davos this time, I would expect people come up to me and ask, "So, how is China now?" But I also notice quite a number of people that we got to know over the past ten to fifteen years here in Davos. They came up to us and say, "Oh, you know, I just made a trip." Let me tell you what I saw in China. You know, so actually, what we Are looking at is not only the lack of information about China these days, but also lack of sharing of information, even from outside China visiting China. So,、uh, how to deal with that is another interesting question, isn't it? No, I think that's good. I think there are there are those who、um, who,、uh, who really understand China, and we can leverage. I mean, not leverage, but we should get them to engage more because there's still a lot who don't. And they're getting misinformation, and I've been trying to do a lot to make sure that、um, they have a better understanding. And what's important, though, I think a piece of very important information in,、uh, from our survey, which I think、um, you know, people all talk about. Oh, there are a lot of challenges, and you saw the question I was asked on. You know, but a piece of very important information. Every year in the survey, we asked the CEOs around the world. Where are the top destinations for 
that you would consider for your investments. And it's always been, you know, U.S. is first, China is second. It's been like that for many years. So, you know, reflecting, you know, the largest economy, the second largest economy. And so I paid a lot of interest this year to find out what that answer is. And the very good news is China continues to be number two. So that hasn't changed. From a CEO's mindset, they still view China, they continue to view China as a very important market. You know, as the second largest economy, 1.4 billion people, and going through and driving quality growth going forward, which will give them opportunities. It's great to have another conversation with you this time. Though. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we have for today. I'm Tian Wei. On behalf of the team, thanks for being with us. Bye for now.